BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the club. It's the Varsity Club podcast. We're back in your ears this week. I got Greg Smith joining me today. We're podcasting on location. I am uh, at my childhood home in Oklahoma, and I'm going to assume that Greg is... Oh, no, Greg, you're in the office. I, I am in the office. Yeah, you're in the office. I was about to say that you're probably in the... Man, you messed it up. I had the, the Kobe Bryant Memorial Fan Cave all ready to go for you, <laughs> but you are not home. No, I'm not there. I need to add more Kobe Bryant things to that room. <laughs> you need, like, a, a signed jersey or something. To make it, I do make it. Shout realistic. out to Kobe yeah. if you hear this. You know, hook me up. Um, for those listening, this is uh, this is now an Infinity Wars fan podcast. So, <laughs> um, how many more times? How many more times have you seen that movie since you and I saw it last Thursday? Uh, just once more with Kim. Yeah, I saw it with my wife, um, and she was blown away. I was blown away again. <laughs> like, it, what a what a great movie. Uh, I was telling people that the second we walked out of that movie theater, like, I was like, okay, I need to see this again. So yep. I have plans to see it two more times in the next week. That is my plan. <laughs> nice. So. I might I might see it again. I, would, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing it again. How many times did you end up seeing Black Panther? Oh, I believe four. <laughs> Yeah, four, four times. <laughs> it's a little much, man. A, a little bit, but I think it actually, I think the Blu-ray might come out next, maybe next Tuesday. It's, it's so. uh, May 17th. I just saw the, the commercial for that and I got super excited. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I need to go ahead and pre-order it. My wife was like, hey, you have, like, did you see if this is coming out? I assume you did. You pre-ordered it. And I was like, nope, but you just gave me to go ahead to do that. <laughs> um, in other news, Craig has, uh, Craig has been war daddying up. If you guys don't follow Greg Smith on Twitter, um, he has uh, cut fat, added muscle, and uh, is looking like he's ready to, to go play with Scott Frost, who get on on the Huskers field. You know, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Me, me and Zach Duvall, uh, in my mind, have been in the lab working. Um, I do picture him yelling at me to ward daddy up. But no, it's been going good. Um, one day I'll be able to give Scott Frost one play of special teams. Oh, don't sell yourself short like that. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I have always wanted to do is like get permission to kind of go through a practice with like a, a GoPro strapped to a helmet. Um, <laughs> I, I really feel like that would be some some tremendous content. So I think that would be excellent, I, especially with this team. Like, think about how like how out of breath you would be just running from station to station. Yeah, but but given all of your uh, your gains, I think that you would be the person to do that now. I think you are the the in closest peak physical condition to uh, undergo that. Possibly, as long as I get to pick my position group. Like, I need to be with like the. Well, I was gonna say I need to be with the quarterbacks because they don't run as much. But now in this offense, they do. I'm. I don't know where I would be. I think I would still pick the quarterbacks because I don't want to try to kick. 
And I don't want DeWitt, you know, making me feel bad for, like, trying to kick and then miss the ball. <laughs> you mean that Charlie Brown scene where she <laughs> keeps moving the ball? Uh, how's, your, how's your arm strength, Greg? How, how far can you throw uh, the ball? Um, I don't know how far. I did. So it's funny. This came up on Hill Varsity Radio once before. I did play quarterback in high school. Um, so I have a pretty good arm. Uh, but I have no idea. I've not thrown the ball in a long time. I've probably... In high school, could get it a good fifty yards. Um, so I don't know how far I can get it now, but I'm pretty good arm. Accuracy was always my issue. Oh, so you you would not do well in Scott Frost's offense? <laughs> no, I would not. I played corner and safety up until freshman year of high school when I was too small, and then I just couldn't do it anymore. But were you a hitter or were you a cover? I was guy? a cover guy. Are you kidding me? Okay. Have you seen me in person? <laughs> I have, but I didn't know if you had sneaky toughness. So I don't know. I mean, I, I can like take a hit, but like I'm, I'm not, like I'm not about to go deck somebody. Uh, I don't know. You might have been Antoine Winfield. I would break myself or... trying to tackle somebody. So that that is, although I was in better shape then than I am now. Um, awkward silence. Let's get into the podcast. We are going to talk about quarterbacks this week. We're going to talk about rankings this week. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about recruiting this week, and we're going to talk about um, egg-on-your-face moments with Oregon State. We'll get to them later. Uh, <laughs> now that spring is over, we've been doing our, our top ten players thing heading into the summer and heading into the fall, um, and apparently like that is a very common thing for publications to do when you run out of content. Shocker. Um, so Sporting News put up their top 25 quarterbacks in the country either yesterday or the day before or at some point this week. Um, and it, it was interesting. Greg, thoughts before we kind of break down who was in the top 10? It, the, the, this, this list was, it was interesting to say the least. And I do have to say full disclosure, like the guy who wrote this, Bill Bender, is actually a friend of mine. Um, so, you know, I, I have texted him and said that this list is kind of ridiculous. Um, but there are some things that are extremely questionable, um, including Scott Frost's current or former quarterback who is rated too low. Yeah, so let's just work our way back then. Uh, number one is Trace McSorley. And I've kind of been thinking about this. Penn State quarterback, if you don't know, Penn State, Trace McSorley. Uh, Saqu- but Saquon's gone. Offensive coordinator Joe Moorhead is gone. And, and I've kind of been thinking about this a lot. It just feels very weird that Trace McSorley would be the best quarterback in the country. I don't. I don't know that I agree with it, but I was trying to think of, like I was looking through that list and trying to think of other guys that I would say, oh yeah, this is this is the clear best quarterback. Like last year we had, you know, like Josh Rosen was really fantastic. Sam Darnold was really, really good. We had Baker Mayfield. We had <laughs> Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> doing whatever he was uh, doing. Mason Rudolph yeah. at Oklahoma State. Like we had some really good quarterbacks that just kind of jumped off, uh, jumped out, jumped mm-hmm. out of your mind. Um, do you agree that Trace McSorley is the top guy? Absolutely not. Okay, um, thank you. And I think, that, yeah, and I think that he's. I actually think that he'll take a step back um, because not only, like you mentioned, did he lose his offensive coordinator and one of the best, if not the best, player in the entire country, and Saquon Barkley, also lost his tight end and Mike Gusecki. Um, I believe they lost a receiver or two off of that. Yeah, team they lost well. a couple. Like, 
I just, I'm not, but but part of this is, is I've never thought that he was what really made them go. I thought that he was, you know, third or fourth in line, if you include the offensive coordinator, about what really was making that offense go. Um, to me, I think there is a clear number one best quarterback in the country, and I think he's in Arizona. I think Khalil Tate is the best quarterback in the country heading into the season. Okay, that's interesting. On, uh, on, on McSorley, I don't even know that their success last year I mean, like you said, you've got Moorhead, you've got Saquon Barkley. His success in the passing game, I think, had more to do with Saquon than it did with him because, you know, the knock on them late as we moved through the season was that they were just using Saquon as a as a dummy and as a, a guy that could trick defenders to open everything else up. Now you don't have him. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting um, with Trace and, and Penn State. Uh, number two was Tua. Uh, at Alabama, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to try and butcher it. Um, did you agree with that one? That one was like, he's played a half of football, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that one, I feel like that was really the first like lightning rod of the list. Um, I, this is one of those things that I feel like got, he got put there based on potential. Um, and yes, he you know led them to a national championship. Um, and he is special. like You can see it, but I can't put him at number two just yet. Like, I could see a scenario in which he is the best quarterback in college football or one of the best, um, maybe even as early as this year, you know, after a few games. But at this point, no, I, I couldn't put him up there over guys that have already accomplished more when it comes to what they've done personally on the field. Um, no, I just can't go with him at number two right now. Well, and the funny thing was Jalen Hurts was in the top ten too. Like, Jay, like his, the guy that he's competing with uh, was in the top ten. I was trying to remember number three, so I was trying to buy time. Number three is Jake Fromm. To me, he's the best. If I if I w- if you were telling me to pick a quarterback heading into the season, I would pick Jake Fromm at Florida or at, at Georgia. I I would not give you a lot of pushback on that. I just had for some reason there's something about him that is not. I'm not vibing with like, and maybe it's because of how much competition they have at quarterback. Though he did beat out, you know, some other really highly touted players, and they've got Justin Fields coming in, um, who was the number one quarterback I believe last year or number two. But I think Jake Fromm definitely does, though, have the opportunity to work his way into the best quarterback in the in the country conversation. I don't know that we need to go like all the way down this list. You had Khalil Tate was number one in your eyes. He's number four on this list. Um, mm-hmm. The o- the only other thing that I want to talk about with this list, and and there are a couple things <laughs> as we move through it. I'm looking through it right now. Um, Mackenzie Milton is ten. He should probably be higher, maybe top five, maybe. Um, yeah, he should be a, a, a pretty good amount higher there. I think he, ha- to me, he has to be, to me, he's got to be top three, because if you're thinking oh. about what he did last year, his Heisman um, potential for this season, um, though I feel like he's got a lot of, he's going to have a lot of pressure on him to try to lead that Josh Heupel attack um, that Bianchi says will be better than the Frost attack. Damn, you took year. away my, um, my one-liner. I was going to bring that up. Sorry, uh, it's just so <laughs> ridiculous that I couldn't wait to get to it. But, yo, he's got a lot of pressure on him. I'm really curious to see how Mackenzie Milton performs this year, but I do think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Orlando Sentinel is drinking the Kool-Aid hard. Uh, wow. Milton's 10. The, thing, the, other, the only other major egregious issue that I had with that top 10 was Will Greer at number 5. Like, I just don't. That's, that's insane. 
and that maybe that's yeah, that's too maybe bad. that's because I watched Greer at Florida, and I mean he was he was okay, but Florida has always had the talent to where if you just had a competent guy playing quarterback, you were going to look good. Uh, but he he's very much a system guy at West Virginia. Like when was the last time West Virginia didn't have a good quarterback? Right. Uh, um, the guy that while well, we're calling out guys that you say he's too high up, guys that I also think are too low, um, and, and I've just been a big fan of this guy, Jared Stidham at Auburn, who's number nine on this list, right ahead of Mackenzie Milton. Yeah. Um, I think he has a chance to be if you do this, redo this at the end of the season, a lot higher than than nine as well. Yeah, he was really good. He was a Baylor guy that transferred, and I I yep. got to see him at the 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 Sugar Bowl two years ago when Auburn played Oklahoma, and he has added so much size since he was at uh, Baylor. He, he looks impressive. Um, keeping with the, the ranking theme, Athlon ranked the quarterbacks in the Big Ten recently as well. They were doing their kind of breakdown of, of, of uh, conferences and, and their quarterbacks, and they had Adrian Martinez 10th. Not Tristan Jebbia, not Nebraska situation. Adrian Martinez was 10th in the conference. <laughs> um, I don't know how I feel about, about naming a guy just yet. Um, if you read Brandon Vogel's Hot Reads, this morning, Friday morning, you will know that talent is not going to be the end-all, be-all in this race. If you haven't read his hot reads, you need to do so. We'll link that in the description. But, um, I, I mean, maybe you, it's, it's, you, you feel comfortable saying that Martinez is the guy, um, but I think it's also a little still early to tell. But at the same time, I think Nebraska, just as a quarterback situation, I would put them higher than 10th in the Big Ten, right? Yes, I would I would put them higher than 10th, but I also think that we have a benefit to a, say, who I should have stayed at the top of this article, who wrote this? Steve Lassen wrote this. So Steve's not here, right? So the point is that I think we have an, a, a, an advantage over national writers um, when trying to evaluate this quarterback race and say where they kind of rank with these guys just because we see them. And yeah, I would probably, I would actually probably put Nebraska's quarterback situation no lower than eighth, if I'm looking at this list here, and I and, and I actually think it's probably better than the number seven person Clayton Thorson, um, who they have on this list. So probably seven or eight is where I would put them because I think Nebraska will be fine either way. Um, I think that they were this the article is spot on about the very first line of the description for Asia Martinez, which is it's only a matter of time before Scott Frost builds one of the uh, Big Ten's top offenses in Lincoln. Like I do think that that's a fact, um, but also it could either be Jebbia or Martinez yet I, I don't feel comfortable saying for sure that it's going to be Adrian even though I think it will be I don't think that you know you can absolutely you know block that in stone right now yeah and uh number nine on this list was Maryland Kasim Hill he's coming off ACL surgery uh number eight was Purdue and they've got a quarterback in Elijah Sindelar that's also dealing with uh season-ending surgery from a year ago number seven like you said Northwestern you just don't like Clayton Thorson do you no, he's not good. <laughs> like, so I don't, so no, and I, I just don't, like, I don't understand. I saw those mock drafts that had him, like, I thought, I saw one mock draft that had him going seventh. Um, I saw another that had him going, like, 14th. Um, Clayton Thorson, remember, do you remember, do you remember the Northwestern versus Nebraska game last year here, um, where Clayton Thorson just tried everything he could possible to give Nebraska that yeah, game? Yeah, it was not great. No, I'm not, no, I can't, no, he's not, uh, no, he's not good. Also, Ohio so. State was uh, sixth. Nate Stanley was fifth at Iowa, for those listening. Alex Hornibrook at Wisconsin was fourth. Shea Patterson at Michigan was third. Shea Patterson is about to win the Heisman. 
I mean, if, if, if we were just giving out Heismans before the season started, Shea Patterson is your Heisman winner. Is he not? I feel like yeah. all I see on Twitter and on, on when I Google, you know, whatever, go to ESPN, go to Bleach Report, go to Sports Illustrated, I feel like all I see is Shea Patterson is going to be the savior for Michigan football. I think that Shea Patterson is really good. I have a lot of questions about whether or not he's going to be able to shine in that offense. Like, I I feel like, like if you, okay, so take Andrew Luck at Stanford out of the equation um, and think about the other quarterbacks that Jim Harbaugh has had, especially here at Michigan. None of them have lit the world on fire, and part of that is the limitations of the offense. Like, I feel like unless you have the thing built like David Shaw does now have it built at Stanford, um, it's really hard to run your offense with that, like, heavy sets, power, like you just run into problems, I think. I'm going to be, like that is, we talked about the pressure on Mackenzie Milton. Like I actually think the only quarterback in the country that has more pressure on them than Milton this year is Shea Patterson. Because Shea Patterson is so closely tied to this resurrection at Michigan. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh is entering, what, year four now, year three or four? in which, you know, he hasn't finished very high in the Big Ten East. Um, it's not going to be good enough if they win eight games again out in Ann Arbor. Like, this is this is going to be a pressure-packed year for him as everyone anoints him as the next Heisman winner, like you were saying. Um, and then, I, like Brandon said to us via Slack yesterday, I do look forward to him throwing about 13 touchdowns this year in a run-heavy offense. Yeah, well, I mean, last year he had 17 touchdowns and nine picks. Like, it's not like he's lighting defenses on fire. I also have serious questions about any quarterback that chooses to wear number 20. Like, anything anything above the teens is too much for quarterbacks. They need to be below. <laughs> I mean, you, you've got to seriously question his decision-making, if that's the case. Well, well, decision-making is an issue for him So with the interception. So we will see. I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think that Michigan that Michigan team will be one to really keep an eye on this year because it's hard. It's good. It's, their division coupled with their style of play just makes it very, very difficult for them. Um, and I don't see it for Michigan this year or Shea Patterson. Are you worried about going into Ann Arbor week four? Uh, that'll be the first road game that – Let's say, I mean, it'll be the first road game for whoever is the quarterback, but let's say Martinez is the quarterback for Nebraska. You've got a true freshman playing his first true road game uh, in the big house. Are you worried about that game at all? Yeah, that's a little concerning because of the fact that it's a road game in the big house. And while I don't think it's as intimidating as you would think, considering how many people are in there. Have you ever been been to a game there by chance? I have not, no. I'm looking forward to this season. Okay, like I'll be curious to see your thoughts after you go to it. I don't think it's as loud as you would think based on how many people are in there. So just I, I, now that doesn't mean that a true freshman quarterback or a redshirt freshman quarterback wouldn't go in there and struggle, especially considering we talked a, a lot of crap about their offense and what they've been doing on offense. But that defense is going to be salty again. It always is um, with the way that they've been rolling and some of those guys like Rashawn Gary that they have on that defense. Um, so I'm much more concerned about that defense than I I am about you know the crowd um, and then Nebraska trying to slow down their offense. I am excited though because we get we get Michigan, we get Ohio State, and we get Wisconsin this year. So it'll be like a you know who has the best environment, who has the best game day atmosphere outside of Lincoln, and then obviously we get Iowa, but Iowa sucks, so we're not going to put them in that that category. You didn't tell any lies. <laughs> uh, let's talk about recruiting. You got Big Red Recon. Uh, hope by the time this podcast is up. Big Red Recon will probably be posted, so let's get a little recruiting hit from you. So what's going on on the recruiting trail now that things are starting to slow down uh, on on the field? 
So, yeah, as I was gonna say, things have slowed down on the field, uh, but they have definitely not slowed down with recruiting. There's just been a slew of offers that have gone out. And I feel like in this, you know, I feel like Nebraska has, you know, kind of started to really set their 2020 board. Um, as they, there's been some 2019 offers that have gone out as well. But I think that this evaluation period in which the coaches are out and about um, all over the country, looking for talent, evaluating guys, meeting them, has really been about them trying to work ahead on 2020. Um, they've been all over it with Oklahoma offers. As I feel like they've made a real um, point to go after the state of Oklahoma and offer guys there. Um, they continue to make inroads in Florida. As there's a couple of high schools down in Florida that they've offered. It feels like, you know, six, seven, eight players at each of these high schools. Um, and these teams are just loaded up. Um, so I, I think that that's the big theme of what's been going on with the evaluation period. Um, but also, I think Nebraska's on commit watch right now. Is I think Ramir Johnson, who just running back from New Jersey, three-star guy, really fast, um, perfect fit for the offense. Uh, he's looking to make a decision here soon, released his top four. I believe the end of last week, he released the top four officially that had Nebraska, Boston College, Ole Miss, and Rutgers in it. Um, I did catch up with him last night briefly. Um, he didn't want to give me much, but he did say um, that he's going to co- be committing soon, quote, really soon. Um, so be looking out for that soon. And I think Nebraska's sitting in a really good spot there. Uh, Ryan Held has also been in Oklahoma a ton. And, and there was a guy, mm-hmm. it was either Wednesday or Thursday, tweeted out uh, that he just received a Huskers offer as a four-star offensive lineman from here. He's committed to Oklahoma. And uh, Thursday he decommitted from Oklahoma. Have you heard anything about that kid? No, um, Andrew Rhyme is a Rame. I don't know exactly R A Y M. I don't know exactly how he pronounced his last name because I haven't talked to him yet. But no, I haven't heard much about him. I haven't had a chance to talk to him either. Um, but yeah, he's a big time 2020 offensive lineman. Um, has now opened up the process, like you said. Nebraska is not shy about trying to find these Oklahoma kids, um, and it's obviously an, in- an intentional strategy um, to try and pick off some of those guys. And I'll be curious to see how that works out for them because you Nebraska just has hasn't done that much here in recent years, really, you know, tried to make big inroads into Oklahoma. And I'm a fan of that. I was just talking with a couple of people here last night. Uh, we were talking about kind of the differences between Scott Frost and Lincoln Riley in that they're both kind of in, in a similar age range. They're both kind of that yep. new age quarter or that new age coach that has a fast and a fun and an exciting offense, but they go about doing things in two different ways. Lincoln's really flashy and he's got the eyeball emojis and Scott is, is more, um, you know, he's going to work behind the scenes. He's not going to be on Twitter a ton. He's going to build relationships with people and he's going to, to, to get work done. Um, and, and I'm really, I would love to see them go up against each other more to see which, which wins out. Yeah, and I think that I, I definitely agree with you because I think that it and it's already you know that obviously historic rivalry. Um, they'll meet again on the field here soon. I would definitely love to see that get rekindled on the recruiting trail as well because also for Nebraska's sake that means that they're getting some really high caliber recruits because Oklahoma's been crushing it. But it is really fascinating to watch, like you mentioned, the difference in which those two programs are operating their recruiting machines. Um, and I don't know, does Oklahoma do the thing where they show like where the assistants are going with the different graphics and stuff i haven't i don't follow them as closely to know that do they do that i haven't seen any of those no 
Okay, because like I know that's that's one of the things that Nebraska did a lot under Mike Riley, and they have not. That has basically ended uh, completely under Scott Frost. Like you wouldn't know really where they've been unless you talk to them personally, or you start to see you know where the offers are trickling out from. Um, and even then, it, it's sometimes really difficult. Um, it, they just they don't. It's not about the flash. It's about them building the relationships and really trying um, to build this thing up. You know what they would. Say is the right way um and i'll be interested to see how they end up making that pay off in the long it's run. the nebraska way it's the way that they've talked about they don't they just want a bunch of midwest kids that are you know bring your <laughs> bring your lunch pail bring your hard hat and let's get to work it's the nebraska but, but i will say this you you will know where ryan held is you just got to follow uh where he's eating at no, but he's the only one, right? Is he about like okay, like for example, have you ever seen like a tw- have you do you know at all where Travis Fisher has been? Oh gosh, no, no. Uh, do you know where is he even Eric on Twitter? Commander has been. <laughs> See, he's on Twitter. He is on Twitter, but you have no idea. The only way, like, I know that Travis Fisher has been in Florida, um, but the reason that I know that is from a high school coach that his players got offers from Nebraska and said Travis Fisher was the one here that offered us, right? <laughs> like, some of these coaches are extremely stealthy about the way that they're going about their business, um, which is also really kind of funny about Travis Fisher because he's not, like, a super reserved, quiet guy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's just not the style of this staff outside of finding out where Ryan held is eating um to really tell you where they are well uh dewitt is in south florida and fisher is not i mean fisher will talk to you but uh, as long as you're not asking him why they're not recruiting a bunch of cornerbacks and defensive backs you had to go i had to go there i couldn't let that one slide (laughs) i would would never let that (laughs) oh man he was just not it was just it was it was just not good timing and yeah, good, yeah, you could say not good timing, also poorly phrased. He was question. in a bad mood. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's talk about what Oregon State did, because I, this had to make it into the podcast. Hawaii's head coach, <laughs> who, first of all, his Twitter avi is like a, an emojified version of himself wearing one of those um, wide-brimmed hats, so cool on him for that. It looks pretty dope. Uh, but he, he tweeted out a couple pictures of Oregon State kind of recruiting packages uh, being sent to actual Hawaii players on Hawaii's campus. This is the best thing ever. And there's like... This is amazing. There's like... One of the one of the packages has something about like 203 years of coaching experience. And in the tweet, Hawaii's head coach says, quick question, in the 203 years of coaching, none of you realized you couldn't actively recruit another school's players? Hashtag sloppy beavers. <laughs> That's. I mean, this is one of the best tweets in the history of college football recruiting. Yeah, this. I, you know what? Just because I haven't already, I'm gonna let me hit the favorite on that. Um, that's amazing. Like it really is. Like that's a great tweet. And like Oregon State, what are you doing? Like how is that even? How is that possible? Like that has to be on purpose. It's not as if you could say, "Oh, I didn't know that they committed to Hawaii because we sent it to their." Campus. Yeah, it is literally addressed to the campus. Like, on the front of the packages, they have the campus's main uh, office building's address. So it's not even a dorm. No. Like, this is really weird. I'm all for it. 
Are you wait? You're all, I'm all for, for the it. poaching, or you're all for? I'm all for everything <laughs> about this situation that is happening right now. Oregon State trying and, and not like hiding the fact that they're trying to poach players from other schools. I'm all for it. Send Mike Bradley there. Have him be sneaky cool. Give him some Yeezys. Uh, and then I'm all for the Hawaii coach just putting them on absolute blast on Twitter. Like, do what you got to do. I'm all for it. I guess Oregon State, you know, like uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, hashtag whatever it takes. Except for the, uh, you know, the, the, the whole against the rules type situation. I mean, you were just going to kind of gloss right over that, right? Yeah, everybody <laughs> Just to, to keep the jokes rolling. Yeah, to, to keep the jokes rolling, we're going to gloss over that. But this is, this is like, it's amazing. I mean, it really I mean, is. And I also had no idea that this guy was the Hawaii coach. So good on him for making us aware of Yeah, him. now now he has instant brand recognition. So it's it's yep. a win-win on his part. But also, uh, where would you rather go? Would you rather go to Hawaii uh, to play college football? Or would you rather go to Oregon State and hang out uh, with Kendrick Lamar and Mike Riley? Oh, I would definitely rather go to Hawaii. <laughs> like, though there has to be a reason why guys, more guys, don't do that. Like, I always thought more high-profile guys should go to Hawaii and try to make that a thing. Like, I thought, like that would be kind of cool to like make that the new wave instead of having like Illinois be the the trendy program that people are trying to, you know, get your five-star recruits to and blow up. Like, it should be Hawaii. I mean. Lovey Smith is inherently better than the state of Hawaii, so only to Lovey Smith. In like that is not that is not a question. Like Lovey Smith is very much better than Hawaii. I would take hey, I would take an ex Chicago Bears head coach over a Sandy Beach any day. And Nick Rolovich. Yes. You didn't even know. See, you paused. No, I had to look at the tweet. Who Nick Rolovich? Yeah, was. I had to look at the tweet. No, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. <laughs> Um, did you watch the, I think we're done with our football discussion for this podcast. We made it 30 minutes. Did you watch the, the LeBron James, um, coronation in Toronto? I, I did watch the coronation. Uh, a new king has arrived. I think the best part of him just obliterating Toronto was the memes that came afterwards. Uh, this, like the, it's now called LeBronto. Um, I was, <laughs> I was sent a picture of like, dinosaurs looking up into the sky as the meteor is coming crashing down and uh lebron's face had been photoshopped onto the meteor so that one was really good that was quality like all of the ones all of the ones related to thanos um just in case i guess i won't go full spoiler um but just all of the ones related to thanos were very legit yeah it was pretty fantastic all right greg uh we'll, we'll wrap it up on that note uh good talk today um glad to be back podcasting We'll be back next week with some more Husker football news. Maybe we'll have some basketball news to talk about. Finally, we've been waiting for it for a while. Um, We're not going to say what that is yet, though. But get on Hale Varsity's forum. Get on the Varsity Club. Thanks, guys.